Salad episode 244, side A of the blue episode. Uh, by the way, Happy New Year. I'm yeah. Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And hey, folks, we apologize for missing out completely on the month of January, but Andy's been busy. We are back, and we are we we are giving you no small feat. We are we're delivering you our gargantuan two-sided episode here uh where we are talking all about the music of 1994 i, I it just stunned me how much great music this this year had what seriously a there's a lot what a year but we you know as is tradition we need to start side one off with uh the billboard number one hits and as is tradition, I'm not going to do any audio drop for it unless we really spend some time. We we really have to park on it in order for me to do a drop. Um, yeah. In which case, you'll know because we, we'll do that when we announce the name of the song. Um, again, another year that is just the polar opposite of well, everything it, it, else. We're, well, one thing that, you know, when I was looking over the, uh, the Billboard number ones, the one thing that kind of stood yeah. out to me is that the albums had more impact on me than the than the number ones did. Yeah. What's weird about this this series of number ones as well, as you will see, is that it comes there were there, I think there was like two songs that actually um hit number one and then go back to number one after a week or two. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's like there's so much good music, yet these are the ones you stick with. And it's actually isn't a lot of number one songs either, and we're going to kick that off with the first number one hit single of uh, 1994, three weeks at number one, Hero by Mariah Carey. Back, I got back when Mariah Carey was an all-around pop star, not just a Christmas music uh, diva. Oh my, not just, not just the Christmas meme. Yeah. Ugh, good lord. It just, it's, it's so annoying. It just really is beyond me. At this point, I I have never liked the song, but every year I I continually not like that song. 
the, the, the funny thing, again, and another thing that really stood out to me about the the, the, the Billboard number ones is yeah. none of these songs really captured the zeitgeist musically of 1994. No, because they all felt 19- like they, they came from 1991 and 92. Right, because 1994, we were knee-deep in, in, you know, in, in grunge and all heavy metal and shit like that. And yeah. Speak for yourself. Or country yeah. in Mike's yeah, case. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But even still, I know this was this was Garth Brooks' uh, uh, rocket trajectory, there, Mike. Well, actually, right. this is also an off sound. year. This is an off year for for Garth Brooks because he didn't put an album out in '94. Because Mike won't be talking oh, about one. He, he released oh, the greatest trust hits. Me. Trust me, we I heard oh, plenty of Garth okay. Brooks in, in 1994 up in Norwich. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. This, I mean, just it, when when we get into the other stuff too, with the playlist and everything that we put together, it's like this sonic crunch. And yet, Mariah Carey sits at three weeks at number one for Hero. There's another three weeks at number one for the second number one uh, single of the year, "All for Love" by Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting from the Three Musketeers. Oh, hey, if it works, if it worked for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, right, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, oh, like the, th- uh, three, the Three Musketeers is in the uh, the Disney version. Yes, the Disney the, one. The Disney with, uh, version with the, the terrible yeah, wigs. The one that Charlie I love. Sheen the and... bits. Yes, it's that okay. one. Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the summer, Mike, you'll have your chance to talk all about it. I know. We hit the movies. Song, on the other hand, oh, good lord. <laughs> good lord. And keep in mind, I love Sting. Around this time, I was kind of like, eh, it's just getting a little not so much, but yeah. All right. Then, uh, four weeks at number one, Celine Dion's The Power of Love. Not a cover of the Huey Lewis song, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, I, I think I know this song. Um, but yeah, it's it's Celine Dion. All right, four weeks at number one. The Sign by Ace of Bass. ones oh, were the Nazis. Guess who loves this song? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> Guess who loves this song? Oh my god. It's John, this, was, this John, was super catchy. Who loves this song? You this is a Jonah song, isn't it? Me. This is a Jonah song, isn't it? No, 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 you're this, my, no, no this, this is, is all me. This is all you? Oh, yeah. oh my god. It, it, I, I was you know, I was in uh, high school at this point and it hit yeah, me at yeah. just the right point. This was in every this oh 
anytime we'd go up to Burlington to go to the clubs or anything like that, this was yep. the song. And it's just like, stop. Yep. Once a decade, Sweden would get their band. Well, I mean, Roxette kind of crossed decades. Yeah, for the most part, but by that, but I mean, it's it's tough because they they hit big in the late eighties. Yeah, it's it's kind of a tough call. That's kind of a tough call. But yeah, Ace of Base is like the last big Swedish band, and then after that, then the Swedish producers came in and started delivering on some you know really interesting, if not good, pop. Because most of the most of the biggest pop singles you hear now are produced by Swedish producers. Oh. It's a great documentary on Netflix about that. Hmm. So, all right, moving on over. God, four weeks really? Uh, <laughs> from Lord, from Lord Piss himself, Ard Kelly, and it's bump and grind. Uh, doesn't he have a oh, eight number at this point? Yes, he does. Yeah, he, he has an admit number at this point. Yeah, but then, oh you, but then it blows your mind when you realize that his career lasted that long. I mean, nineteen ninety four. Jesus, ninety four. Right. All right, I just want to point this out. This is still two years before Space Jam came out. I was, so this I was about to ask. Two years, two or three years before Space Jam came out, because then you know you've got I believe I can fly. Um, but yeah, he had been kicking around forever. So now he's, uh, I, now he's pounding rocks, literally. Yes, he is. Pretty much, yep. He's bumping and grinding the uh, the, the 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 rock yard right now. So anyway, back. Oh my God, back <laughs> a second, two weeks, an additional two weeks at number one for the sign by Ace of Base. Now, oh, now we Jesus. do the key change and go up a bit. Yeah, I saw the sign. I saw the sign. I'm trying to remember if, if the sign is the song that in the kind of in the background, it sounds like one that they're like waving around one of those air catchers. Do you guys ever have those when your kids it was like that big, like floppy tube and you'd whip it and you'd make noise with it like that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. I think I think the sign is using one of those to create some of the uh, the background. Uh, it's probably yeah. just a synthesizer. All right. All right. So let's move on then, because we got to talk about the summer of 1994, because it was all, I swear, for oh, all God. The 11 fucking weeks at number one. Imagine, like, getting through the entire top 40 countdown and still having this, like, have to be the coda of the whole thing. <laughs> No wonder I'm really going to be the outlier on this one, on these guys. You yeah, love so this song, don't you? Guess who's got two thumbs and loves this song? This guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who swears by the moon and the stars in the sky? I'll be there. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> and, uh, so, Mike, you said you were in high school around this time, though, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All three of us were in college. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we were deep. We were so deep in our college careers. This was ninety four in college. Definitely, we we were all in very different places. <laughs> yeah, ninety four encompassed my junior and senior years uh, in the start of my senior year in college. Yeah, it was my sophomore yeah. and first run at junior year. 
Yeah. I, I was still two years out of out from college, so. Yep. Understandable. Dog agrees with us. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> Three weeks at number one, and actually a song I actually like. Stay, I Missed You by Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories. I actually like this song a lot because I love Lisa Loeb's voice. You say I talk so all the time So Yeah, this and this was the this this song was the closest you could get to an alternative song in the top forty. Exactly, and it just, I kind of felt like she kind of got that 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 mainstream music disrespect because she wasn't like she didn't look like a pop star. She looked no, she like was, she had she a flat a in Brooklyn. Yeah, she had her cat's eye glasses. You know, she just looked like a cat lady with a guitar. Um, honestly, there's a single, and I'll probably talk about this. In the 1995 episode um, that she that she released after this called "Do You Sleep," which is excellent. But this was really good. Um, this came off the Reality Bites soundtrack, also. That was its first iteration. A soundtrack that is way better than the movie. I'm sorry oh, if yeah. I'm offending any of the 90s people out there. That movie is dog shit. <laughs> oh God, do I hate I have that to agree, movie? I have to agree. No, I have to agree with you. Yeah, it's just like it's every the the thing is is that it's just everything and we'll talk about this later when we talk about the movies, but it just really is everything that they they thought they could commercialize for Gen X and it just awful. Awful. Um all right, so moving on. God damn it. Fourteen weeks. I'll make love to you by boys two men. Uh, Let me guess, Mike, do you like this weeks. one too? Oh hell yeah! I've got a soft spot for boys to men. Yeah, I, and you always have. Yeah, but oh my god, my my dick is raw just looking at that fourteen weeks. Oh my god, that's, <laughs> that's all you, man. <laughs> Don't blame boys to men for that. That's all, yeah, that sounds like a you problem. Yeah, it's definitely. It, that is definitely a me problem. If we, well, I don't know. For fourteen weeks of making love, I don't know. That but it just seems like a oof. Yikes. So yeah, you can just you, you can just picture you can just picture some dude bro in a you know taking some chick up to his co- oh to his uh, dorm room <laughs> and popping this in on the CD you know on the CD player. <laughs> you know, ultimate, this, you know, you know, he, he turns, you know, he, tu- he turns the lights off. He, he turns the lights off, so he's got his Bud Light neon sign just lighting up the room <laughs> just right. <laughs> Come on, we all know someone. Nice, nice. <laughs> not cool enough. Not cool enough to have a crow poster, uh, right, but exactly. definitely as a poster for the specialist up there. Maybe a Scarface poster too. But yeah, oh, that God, is cultural yeah. appropriate. That is cultural appropriation to the nth degree, Joe. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh my God. Okay, so moving on from "I'll make love to you like you want me to." Um, okay, well, did you have a communication about that first? Or are you just assuming? <laughs> um, 
Two weeks at number one, boys to men on bended knee. We got a twofer for um, the boys dos men. Yeah. So it's, well, I guess you got to make an honest woman. After fourteen weeks of making love to you, two <laughs> weeks of bended knee to make her an honest woman. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know this song all that much. Except on bended knee is like the like the 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 the, the title is a throwaway. Um, yeah, off the top of my head, so, I don't know this song. It's pro- it probably appears on a best of though. If I, I would assume. Do they are they like one of those bands that like they had two albums and then released a best of? I think did they so, do yeah. that. I feel I like they did. <laughs> Wait till you get a third album out there, or you're hurt. Yeah, you can't. You can't have a best of. You can't have a best of unless it, it's at what least you, four. What are you tone I mean, seriously, what okay. are you tone lokes? Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got a best of with one album. So here's a song that I didn't know I knew until I listened to it today because I'm like, we might actually have to talk about this. I don't know what your feelings are. Here comes The Hot Stepper by Ine Camoz, two weeks huh? at number one. Literally, land of a thousand dances. Right. But it literally showed up in every sports movie in the mid nineties, yeah. though. Like every, like urban sports movie, just na 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 na. And it's essentially it's a reggae song that does use the you know the land of a thousand uh, dances thing to it. But I'm like, I listen to him like, oh, I do know this song, and it's like, I just feel like here comes the hot stepper. Sounds like it could be an amazing punk song, but it's not. The fact, the fact that it doesn't, it isn't called na 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 na, is just like that's false advertising. Well, they do, <laughs> they do actually implement um, the "Here Comes the Hot Stepper" into the the chorus, so it does make an appearance uh, several times actually. But it's like one of those songs that just feels like it just never ends. I'm like, did the song replay on me or nope? No, okay, now it's fading out. And then immediately after that, you spin me around like a record came right on after that. I'm like, okay, they, they think I'm listening to dance music now. All right, let's close this out with one week at number one. Returning for another week at number one to close out the year of 1994 on Bended Knee by Boys to Men. Yeah. Oh, I, thought, I, promise, I, thought, I promise I will marry you if you will just make love to me. Again, for 14 weeks. <laughs> You know what? I think uh, yeah. he was just begging for 14 weeks, and then he promised to marry her. It's like, please, please, come on. And the you know the funny thing with this too is that like, I figured that maybe this that Ace of Base would have had a second number one hit, but all that she wants doesn't appear as a number one hit. It's interesting. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, that was the, that. Those are the number ones. Um, it was God, what a weak year. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well. Wow. I mean, pop pop radio. Well, I know. I, I mean, you not, got not you, you. You got the stuff you liked, Mike. Yeah. But <laughs> it's just com- comparatively speaking to what we're going to be talking about. You know, we got some face melting to talk about in just a little bit here. Um, and, it, and the weird thing is too, it's not just grunge. I feel like. 
you know, as we, we ramp up to this, alter like true alternative music really got to spin. You know, Joe, you'd mentioned that Lisa Loeb is the closest thing we've got to alternative as a number one song. Right, but right. but the thing is, it's it's a ref, it's a reflection of the the fact that this was the time. Yeah, the nineties are, are are remembered as the Gen X, you know, the the decade of the Gen X generation. Yeah, you gotta remember the nineties was when the boomers were starting to come into power. Yeah, you know, there were, you know it was the era of Bill Clinton and that and the like, and the boomers were were the dominant power. So everything in the culture were, started was really reflecting that. Were, were yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, they're I know. All still in office. They're, they're still in office. I know, but yeah. Exactly. So yeah. So even though at our generation it was, yeah, grunge and everything associated with it, the boomers were still in power and they were still driving everything. Yeah, and still are to this day. Sadly, and it's still are to this day. Kind of crazy. All right. Well, Man, it all started think- with the nostalgia for the sixties. God damn it. Oh my god. Well, do you remember back in the 80s when it was all 50s nostalgia? Oh yeah, it was oh, 50s yeah. and 60s. Yeah. Because everybody now we're to be living a baby through, boomer. Yeah, now we're living yeah. through 90s nostalgia, and I want that to end because Yeah. So anyway, let's let's cleanse our palates with some social media feedback. We actually had quite a bit, mostly coming from Facebook, which is interesting. Um so I'm gonna read these. Now some people did bring up albums. Uh, if your album was mentioned, there's an excellent chance that you'll hear that album discussed in a little more detail on on side two, uh, which is the second part of this episode. But let's kick this off with Brian Sawyer, who took this gorgeous picture of his vinyl copy of Beck, Mellow Gold, because nice. – loser. It is – I mean – this no no not Brian not Brian Brian's an awesome guy no the 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 hit single yes. loser was all over the damn radio yes, oh my was. god just you know and he just knew it that bow 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 down down and I didn't know I figured that this was going to be it for for Beck like Beck was going to have like this one big album and that's it and he if you listen to other albums on his in his discography my God, guy is damn near oh, close to a genius. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I love I love it. Um, uh, what's the album? Anyways, go and continue. But yeah, he's he somehow managed to avoid everything associated with his brothers and with the fact that he's a former Scientologist. His family is former Scientologists. Yeah, yeah. It was also funny too when I saw him. Like the first time I saw him in a magazine, I'm like. He looks 16. Yeah, he still he still looks. Yeah, he still. <laughs> so Brian also brings up um, and an album we will be talking about uh, in the in the second episode here. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, The Downward Spiral, which I've given to my son, but it is a hole in my own collection. So, <laughs> Brian, hang tight, my friend. We are going to be talking about The Downward Spiral on side two. No spoilers here, but really there are spoilers. All right. <laughs> friend of the show. Friend of the show, Dave McLean, says if there's any hill I will die on, it's that Nirvana's Unplugged is the greatest live album ever made. It's my favorite record of 1994 and holds a, a special place in my heart. I am – it definitely is one of, is the best live album of the 90s. 
At the yeah. very least. At the very least is the best uh, live album of the 90s. What a way to go out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, it is... It's just it's it, it's funny because you don't have like the you know you don't have the crunch of the guitars or everything. Everything is way more subdued. But oh my god, just giving giving all apologies a second life, having that great cover of the man who sold the uh, the earth. Both oh, I, that is that is that's arguably my favorite song from that album. Oh, man who sold the earth. Yeah, great cover. Uh, unbelievable cover. Um, but yeah, I I love that album, Dave. That was that was definitely like a ooh, I have money. It just came out. I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> All right, then. We, All right, then we got Jeremiah Riordan who says 1994 single Cotton Eye Joe discussion suggestion. What is the worst single of all time, and why is it 1994? Is Cotton Eye Joe? Really, that came out in 1994. Believe it or not, it came out in 1994. The song is ageless in the way that it seems like it's too old to be. Like they should have known better at some point. Uh, I will say, I will say it. It, it yeah. has become a, a school dance staple. Oh yeah. my god! I remember this. This was definitely one that they would play a lot. It's just I, honestly, my opinion of this, um, it definitely ranks up there as one of the worst singles of all time. So I'll agree with Jeremiah on that. Uh, it is just so goddamn obnoxious. I think that might yeah. be. That's a nice good way of putting it. Yeah, this. it's obnoxious. It insists upon itself, Joe. Yes, it does. God damn it, <laughs> uh, Mike. Let yeah. me ask you because you were in high school when this song came out. Yeah. What are your opinions on Cotton Eye Joe? Well, uh, the first time I heard it was probably while I was working at Circuit City in 2000s, okay. the 2000s. So wow. I, oh I, I never heard this song before that. And um, not going to lie, I, I thought it kind of slapped. I thought it was kind of fun. Okay. All right. I don't think it's the That's best right. song in the world, but I have fun with it. I have a lot of fun with it. Okay. It's definitely it's it's definitely a club song. It's yeah, my God, mid nineties. I don't know, you know, chemically where either of you two are at, but I know I probably would have thought that song slapped too in my in my instances in ninety four. Yeah, probably if I was like ten one dollar beers in. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a get people off off the chairs and onto the dance floor kind of song. It, onto the dance floor. Hey, everybody, it's Nickel Shots Night. So, so, all right, Jeremiah, thank you. All right, I got a great list here from uh, Shane Stetcher, who was our um, our pianist for Something Rotten. So, definitely, hey. we got we got the musician, we got the musician kicking in here. Thoughts this uh, thought this would be a short list, but it got out of hand very quickly. <laughs> definitely, and so. Definitely in my lane, because, you know, Shane gets to know me here. Um, Weezer, the Blue Album, which we will talk about later on. Hole, Live Through This, which was one of my honorable mentions. Um, anybody who accused Courtney Love of just, like, you know, being a parasite on Kurt Cobain's fame, 
has not listened to Live Through This. Live Through This is a fantastic... Honestly, I think Live Through This might be better than In Year to Row. Oh, wow. That's that's a bold, bold take statement. There, Andy. That is a... Bold <laughs> statement. But it is just... It, it's a very... I mean, it's a very different album than In Utero. Like, In Utero is very introspective. This is just balls out. These songs were written before Kurt was dead, so they were recorded. Everything, like, it lined up almost as if she murdered him. She didn't. But, um... But, yeah, it definitely is... It, it's a really great album. Um... Pearl Jam, Viatology, another album I had on my honorables list. Um... I, I I don't know. This album always slips through the cracks for me. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, it, it it makes sense considering it's, what came after. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bought yeah, it. I, not like that. It new. <laughs> it was fine. It's not my favorite. I here's the thing about this. It's got some great songs. Corduroy is one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs. Just period. It's one of my favorite songs. But I have these these vague recollections of being at parties where a bunch of dude bros would be hanging around a keg with their, you know, with their red solo cups and sing along to uh, Better Man. Like, Better <laughs> Man is such a dude, such a dude bro song that came oh, out God, yeah. in a dude bro era. And just, like, they'd all try to hit the, the Eddie Vedder. Like, I don't know what you <laughs> want to call that. 30, 30 years. Um but it's that that is what sticks out to me about Viatology, and it's not a great memory. It's a good album. Like I have it on vinyl. I've listened to it several times. It's a good album, but just coming after you know ten right, and compared verses, to ten and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. That's that's so a tough, she, yeah, that's a it's a tough follow up. I mean, again, like you said, it's not a bad album. It's very good. No. but yeah, right. Exactly. It's just it's one of those things that you know, it's it's definitely it's it's a hallmark of their discology, but it's like you know, you have to kind of remind yourself that those songs weren't on verses. Yeah. And it's one of those things like, yeah, if yeah, forced to choose, yeah, I'm gonna pick ten all the time. Right, right. All right. Uh Shane also brings up one that's gonna be on your list, Joe. Hootie and the Blowfish cracked rear view, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. He brings up Jeff Buckley, Grace. I this is this is this one's actually a blind spot for me. And I'm, for, I'm very familiar with it. I, I'm not I'm not familiar with the stuff on the album. I just know that it's a great album. But damn if I can remember actually hearing any of the songs off of it. So definitely blind spot. Yeah, same here. Yeah. All right. And uh, also in our lane here are three albums that are definitely getting some uh, breathing room on the next episode. Alice in Chains, Jar of Flies, Oasis, definitely, maybe, and The Offspring Smash. Shane, you got to tune in now. You got to listen to the second part of the, uh, the episode. Yep. All right. So now, maybe not in your lane, but not far from it. Blur, Park Life. This was the year that the Blur Oasis feud began. Oh, God. It is, 
So the same. It, it, it's it's the only it's the only t- it's the only time the Gallagher brothers were able to focus enough on something else than not beating the shit that, out of each other. It, yeah, exactly. They were able to focus their hate from each other to the hate of another band. Um, the same. I mentioned earlier about the the Swedish uh, producers. Same documentary series actually did a thing on Britpop and the feud between Blur and Oasis. It's fantastic. Okay, another one yeah, on my I list. Think, I, 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 think, I think yep. long run, we know who won that. Yeah. Next one on my list that will be discussed next episode is Live Throwing Copper, Chef's Kiss. Oh, yeah. I don't think any of us brought this up on our on any of our top fives for the albums. Beastie Boys, Ill Communication. Hmm. I'm not familiar uh, with that one. Sabotage. No, I, I know the album. It's just at the time I wasn't really into the BC Boys at the time, so it's like yeah, my appreciation for the Beast Boy, BC Boys didn't even come along until much, much later in my life. Okay. Um, and then we got Pavement, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. Uh, honestly, again, blind spot for me is Pavement. I I I know of them. But not all that familiar. All right, this is going to surprise y'all because an REM album didn't make my top five. REM's no monster made my my honorables, but and I like the album a lot. But realistically, it felt like it was destined for the uh, UCD bin. Oh, it geez. just felt a little too commercial. Um. Which is, there's some really good songs on there, but it's one of my least favorite REM albums. And I bought it, like, the second they cracked open the case, I'm like, give me that one. I guess I'm actually kind of surprised that, that that's your criticism of it. It's just, actually, maybe know, not, maybe, you know what, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it just, it's, it is overproduced. A term that we've used quite a bit, Joe. It's overproduced. Yes, yes it is. All right, uh, then we've got Dave Matthews Band, Under the Table and Dreaming. Didn't realize it came out in 94. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I have a I feeling that, that that's one of those albums that just kind of like, it was, like, <laughs> Appetite for Destruction was released well over a year before it hit big. So maybe that's... Yeah, that's it kind of yeah, flew one. under the radar. Yeah, it, it kind of yeah. flew under the radar. And I just remember, like, in 1996, it just blew up. Everybody was yep. listening to it. Oh my god. Well, that's the same thing with Hootie. It was just like this whole, you know. Alright, man, get your Birkenstocks out. It's time to rock. Um, okay. Portishead, Dummy. Don't remember what the single off of that one was, but that was like one of those, like, they play it all the time. Sunny Day Real Estate, Diary. Sunny Day Real Estate. Um, it's got a couple of songs I've, I'm familiar with. One of them showed up on the Batman Forever soundtrack. Really? Built to spill. There's nothing wrong with love. Oh, sorry, Shane. I'm not familiar with that one. Guided by Voices. B thousand. I wish like Guided by Voices sounds like a church group. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> Mike, you have been conspicuously quiet, and I don't know if it's just because you're just politely just nodding your head, going, "I I don't know any of these." Yeah, pretty much. Okay, sorry. Uh, I got nothing. Bro- all right, well, we're almost done, and we, we're actually going to be uh, dovetailing in in just a little bit to some stuff we're going to be talking about very, very shortly. Uh, but Shane concludes his list with perhaps far from the mark, but massively influential, in my opinion, 
Aphex Twin, Selected Ambient Works Volume 2. Wasn't all that familiar with Aphex Twin until I, I, I watched a video about them on um, the YouTube channel Trash Theory, which was pretty interesting. Nas, Illmatic. Oh, that's which, on my, uh, we, my husband's yep, list. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about that in just a, just a couple of moments here. Outcast, Southern Playa de List, uh, Cadillac Music. I think I pronounced that right. This is, oh man, this is Outcast in the way that like the Black Eyed Peas used to be before Fergie. Um, and then Biggie, <laughs> Notorious B.I.G., Ready to Die. We'll talk about that in a few. Um, and then concluding the Facebook uh, portion, we've got Samantha Gould who brings up Nine Inch Nails is Closer, which we'll, we're going to talk about that a little bit more on the album side. But man, that song is tough to listen to when you get your 10 year old in your car. Uh, Beastie Boys, Beastie Boys, came on the '90s playlist. I had to talk over it every single time. Yeah, Um, no, no, that's not a. Oh, yeah. Blah 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 blah. All right, Samantha also brings up Beastie Boys sabotage. I know this more for the video than anything else. I I think the yeah, me too. Great, but my God, that '70s. Pop, pop show, yeah, pop show, vibe yeah. to it. As Cochise. Yep. Frente, Bizarre Love Triangle. Oh, my God. That song was everywhere. And it's a cover of a, of a New Order song. Really? Oh, General Public 3, Take You There. Bjork, Big Time. Is it Big Time or Big Time Sensuality? I don't have I don't this know. one. I didn't, I, didn't listen to, I didn't listen to Bork, so... Second, it's the second album. Cheryl Crow leaving Las Vegas. Wow, that is mid nineties. Wow. I can't, I can't believe that that got missed. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I feel like some of these were like they were released, but they were just kind of like lingering. Right. Yeah. Tori it, Amos. Yeah. 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 Tori Amos, Cornflake Girl. Um, Into the Pink is actually a pretty decent album, and just it just saying it out loud makes me just remember how filthy that sounds. Um, <laughs> salt you feel and dirty, pepper. don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> then we got then we got Salt and Pepper. What a man! What a man! What a man! What a man! What a mighty mighty wow, good man! Wow, that came out in '94. Wow, nice. This is a loaded year. This is seriously like you you get some tortilla chips or a baked potato and you load it with how much great music came out in 94. My God. Um, all right. We've got uh, Beck's Loser, which we discussed earlier. Crash Test Dummies. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Wow. The, the Superman song. The Superman huh? song. That was 94. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel but like again, yeah, but it's one of those things. I didn't hear I it until 1995. Right. But then again, all right, and this one, Samantha, you just as an R, as as the resident REM nerd here, Man on the Moon was released in 92. Sorry, Sam. But you did get Lenny Kravitz, Are You Gonna Go My Way? And Elvis Costello, Kinder Murder. So some good stuff on Samantha's list. Thank you so much for listing out some singles. We have one more. And this comes from us at our Twitter, because I'm still deadnaming Twitter. Um, and we've got our good pal, Kurt Smith, at Swayze of Arabia, who brings up 
you know, the we're going to be talking about this one a lot in episode two. The Downward Spiral by Nine Inch Nails. Let Love In by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Weezer by Weezer, otherwise known as the Blue Album. Ha <laughs> we'll be talking about that one in a little bit. Purple by Stone Temple Pilots. Catherine, wasn't this on your um, honorable mentions? Yes, it was. Yes. I, I, I love this album. I, I really love, do. I, I think I mean, Core, Core is excellent. But just realizing that they they knew that they could either be a Pearl Jam, Allison Chains clone, or they could be their own thing. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah, and then they leaned very heavily into the hard rock aspect. Yeah. Um, Kurt also brings up Grace by Jeff Buckley, Strangers in Fiction by Bad Religion. We're actually going to be discussing a couple of those singles in just a moment, and then Monster by REM. So. Everybody, thank you so much for your contributions for today's uh, topic. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy getting your name shouted out on the podcast. Uh, But thank you so much. We are going to get into some more deep discussions on some of that stuff in just a few. But before we do that, I'm going to pass the microphone over to Catherine. Catherine, explain to us what we're doing now. Oh, my husband wants us to know about his hip-hop picks. Good lord, it's been another year already. How did that happen? All right, so this is also Joe coming in with the hip-hop review from 1994. Now, I am very thirsty and ready to drink the Haterade because I have missed an awful lot of good albums. These are just some of my personal favorites. Uh, we're going to start with The Coup, Genocide and Juice, Fat Cats, Bigger Fish, and the rest of the album, I mean, honestly, play really hard at pointing out the small-time crimes and even gangbanging don't begin to touch the amount of societal harm that comes from white-collar criminals who often get only slap on the wrist, if that. And let me tell you, Boots Riley has not lost the message in the entire time since then. 30 years still going strong. Another one that's an absolute classic is Warren G, who is just emblematic of the G-Funk era, and who does not love the legendary tune Regulators. Warren G and the sweet stylings of Nate Dogg, R.I.P., everything about Regulators slaps, from the spoken word intro to telling a coherent story, it holds up so well. It's just a classic. Nas, the entire Illmatic album. It's such a solid album. Nine tracks, no filter, no skits, just a solid bar after solid bar. No surprise about how big he became. Life's a Bitch is a great number. Oh my god. And then there's Notorious B.I.G., Ready to Die. Uh, Ironic album title aside, it's a hell of an album. The way he tried to brag about how good he had it versus staying humble and remembering his roots, it's a balancing act that shows off a real poet. Things Done Changed was great, and anybody who doesn't recognize the opening dedication to Juicy didn't turn on a hip-hop station in the back half of the decade. Outkast had a great album in Southern Playalistic Cadillac Music. Play is Ball's my personal favorite, but the title track and Get Up, Get Out are both bangers. Uh, finally, last but by no means least, Beastie Boys' Ill Communication was the punks from Brooklyn doing it again. Sabotage is still just an incredible party song. Sure shot and get it together are good, no doubt, but Sabotage is an all-time banger. And uh, if you don't like my list, that's really too bad. All right, well, let's move on to some other singles here. Um... Actually, Mike, you've been so quiet. I'm just curious, were there any singles that didn't appear on any of the albums that you that were you're in discussing part two? Were there any singles that you wanted to discuss? Um, well, yeah, I, I can I can take that. Um, there, uh, I have 
the Maverick soundtrack in my uh, honorable mention, but I really have only have it there for one song. Okay. Uh, and that one is uh, Tracy Lawrence's uh, Renegades, Rebels, and Rogues. It's just a really fun song, and um, the best part about it, though, is the uh, music video for it, which I'll, I'll discuss more about that um, when we get to uh, his album, which, uh, spoiler, Tracy Lawrence's I See It Now is in my uh, album list. Okay. But, uh, okay. Yeah, he, he, but he does something really cool with the uh, his music videos for most of his uh, singles released that year. That I'll get into more when we, when we get to that. Okay. But the song cool. itself, um, I mean, Maverick itself was a really fun movie. Um, but the song is just, it's just, it's one of those like uh, high tempo country songs that just gets you wanting to, you know, do a do a uh, square dance. Right. Right. Okay. Cool. Any other singles from you, Mike? Um, uh, I don't think so. Mm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I do. I do want to say point out Mike Cicerone, uh original recipe. Mike was going to join us tonight, but then he forgot he had parent teacher conferences. So he did have oh. a couple he wanted me to mention. Uh, the first one is Seether by Veruca Salt. Oh. I was. This mm-hmm. was another one. I'm like, did that come out in '94? I feel like everything between '94 and '96. You could say it came out in any one of those three years, and <laughs> you would just be—you would assume you're right. Wait, wait, wait. So, so, see, there was the name of the album. No, it was the name of the single. Yeah, oh. it was a song. Can't okay, fight I, 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 I thought I thought Seether was the name of the group, and I thought Savruka was the name of the song. No, that's no. There, there is also a band named Seether. Yeah, butt rock oh. band but named Seether, and then yeah. Yeah, but Veruca Salt has a song named Seether. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that 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 just threw me completely off. <laughs> I totally totally get it. I got. I but, understand. But I totally understand that of, too. Yeah, there's a lot of people who named their bands after a song they liked by another band, and people that make songs named after a band that they like. Tell them to not do that because it's very confusing. Uh, I'll get right on that, Mike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll type that up on my imaginary typewriter. Um, all right, so Mike also brings up 21st dig- uh, Century Digital Boy. See, I still can't say it. 21st Century Digital Boy by Bad Religion. So this is the version that was re-recorded in 94, ended up on the Strangers in Fiction 
album, um, along with the title track that I mentioned, Stranger Than Fiction, Bad Religion was such a just such a great band. They really were. Um, 21st Century Digital Boy is just like the most commercial thing they could have possibly come out with. And everything just kind of like landed at the right time when MTV was willing to give small independent bands on labels like Epitaph some some airtime. Ninety four is a really ninety four is a really weird year for that. Like you could just turn it on, and then you know you'd get something like uh, Unbended Knee, and then immediately following that, you just hear like that. And it's just, wow, what a time to be alive. Um, Mike also brings up, oh, Gin and Juice, a Snoop Dogg. That was kind of his breakout one, too, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, 90, 93, well, 93, when he was part of The Chronic. But yeah, when he released his, uh, there was uh, something came out with before Gin and Juice. Gin and Juice was like, I think one of the last singles, or the first single to come out in 94. But to this day, man, I mean, you know, you got to sip it on gin and juice, laid back from my mind on my money and my money on my mind. And then he brings up, oh, the other song from um, Ill Communication by the Beastie Boys, Sure Shot, which I'm, I probably know. I'm just, I honestly am not the biggest Beastie Boys fan. I know I need to hand in my, my music nerd card but eh, I've already uh, handed mine in it doesn't it doesn't do you any good don't worry yeah I know it doesn't get me free fries anymore so yeah. I got a couple I have a couple singles here um Joe Catherine do you guys have any additional singles that aren't going to be I, on record albums we're talking about in part two I do um all right just because I am a softy and a mush uh please forgive me by Brian Adams
Okay. <laughs> mush. I can't. I'm sorry. I have I have a soft spot for mushy Brian Adams ballads, and this is one of his best, in my opinion. All right. That's fair. I thought he stopped making non-movie. I thought I, I thought he stopped making non-movie songs in um at, you know on that can't stop with this thing we started album, but from '91. But I could be wrong. Oh, that kind of that comment cuts like a knife. Uh. <laughs> oh, but I'm so right. sorry, Joe. Go ahead. I cut you off, Joe. What's up? No, that's no, that's that's fine. You know, it's just. <laughs> I like I said I have a soft spot for for sugary Brian Adams you know love song <laughs> ballads you know especially when you when you just got rejected and you got nothing but you know a, a bottle of whiskey and your your thoughts oh my god yeah ninety four is full of that for me too so. yes it was there is never not a bad time to hear mushy Brian Adams romance songs. That's true. So, <laughs> Catherine, you got any on your list? I I didn't make a list for this part of the show, but that's uh, okay. Uh, gin, gin and juice did gin and juice did remind me that there's a reference to that in one of the Moxie Fruvis songs. We talked about Bargain Bill last year <laughs> because that was yeah. when it was released in Canada. But it wasn't released in the oh, okay. States until 1994. So I'm going to throw that out and I'm done. <laughs> oh, man. So, all right. So I've got a few here. And now I will point out, too, that a lot of, like, the under-the-radar bands that I became familiar with in 1994 were all thanks to a little show called Beavis and Butthead. Mm. <laughs> They were so they played so much alt rock on Beavis and Butthead that I wanted to actually I would like the songs, um, and th- that and also I like this is a weird this is kind of a weird thing I picked up an uh, an issue of Entertainment Weekly for whatever reason and inside the magazine was a CD sampler of like twenty songs all like all these under under the radar songs. And one of those songs was uh, the song Cooling Card by Jawbox, who also had a song on Beavis and Butthead called Savory. The bass line is, it, on, on Cooling Card is just – it just intros – it kicks the song off. It's so crunchy. It's so infectious. It's just yeah. That was on the that was on the playlist you you put together. Yeah, and yeah. I don't remember ever hearing it before, but I did really like it. Yeah, it's it's I I, I love the song. I just I I think it's got a great. It's like a quick two and a half minute song, but it mm-hmm. just it get it 
gets the point across really nicely, which I like. Um, and then there was another song that came out early in 94 called Scream Major uh, by Therapy. Um, that is just like, you know, for, for bands that was like still trying to be metal, but still wanted to be cool. So they were like just that hard rock alternative, uh, scream major is a great song. And then of course I got to have my obligatory, uh, Liz fair mention anytime past 1993, uh, supernova is like the only single that actually came out from, <laughs> um, from her, uh, second album. And um, it's not bad. It's it's really not bad. It's it's got a lot of the same kind of like chutzpah that she put in Exile on Guyville the year before. Um, but this was like this was a wider released album because now people knew who she was. Right, right, right. So I think that's about it. Oh, there, or there's one more, and again, this is just more because I was familiar with it because it showed up on Beavis and Butthead. And then showed up on that CD sampler, Hobo Humpin' Slobo Babe by Whale. <laughs> Try to say that five times fast. You know what? That's actually going to – I'm putting it on the list, and you guys are going to have to listen to it when I, when I release the, uh, the, uh, the episode. <laughs> Got it. Because it's – I mean, honestly, if you want a song, it's, it's a great punchline if it's you're like, okay – What's your, uh, you know, what's your, what's your, the song that you play when you're speeding down the highway? Um, okay. What's the song that you, you get your, your kids to sleep at night? I mean, seriously, it is just, it's wild because it's completely in your face. You can definitely tell English isn't their third language. <laughs> I, I, I think... They are they are from a Scandinavian country. I I could just say Sweden just to make life easy for us. <laughs> but no, oh a, my god, a Scandinavian country. Oh my god, yeah, it's going to show up somewhere in the in the episode. Maybe I might surprise you with it.
<laughs> All right. So if we don't have any other singles, I do want to take one little side note here before we wrap side one of this al- of this album podcast. And I just want to talk about how 1994 was a fantastic year for movie soundtracks. Now, we did a movie soundtrack episode, good Lord, about five years ago. You can go back and look for it um, on, on your podcast app of choice because it, it should be there. And that's actually – we had Todd with us when we were doing that one. Yep. Mm. Um, but my god. Just looking, I, I did like a, I just did a rundown of all the different soundtracks that were came out in '94 that still like grace our collections today. Stuff like Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so good. That is oh. a really good well, album. It's, yeah, I mean, this is also the time too when they were releasing albums, like they were releasing soundtrack albums, but putting like little clips of dialogue yep. from the from the movies in them. And this is one of them. You know. You Don't get, like, you, the, you the, fucking the, bitches move! Or I'll shoot every motherfucking <laughs> last one of you! Fucking last one of you. <laughs> uh, so you got Pulp Fiction. You've got The Crow. I mean, that one still shows up as, like, just... You still got it. You still talk about it. You still listen to it. I already mentioned Reality Bites earlier because of uh, Lisa Loeb, but there's still a lot of good stuff on there as well. In fact, I mean, um, other than that, uh, baby, I love, I, I, I love your way that Peter Frampton cover, which is the Ugh. weakest song on there. There's some good stuff. There's a good, really good crowd of house song on there called, um, uh, locked out, which is fantastic. Oh, what about this the clerk soundtrack? Oh my God. The clerk soundtrack. That, Again, was, that, dialogue. that soundtrack was my introduction to like a whole world of alt and grunge rock. Oh my god. Just like these bands that, that sounded like they were working off the same credit card that Kevin Smith was using to make that movie. Oh, I, and, and I, No Time for Love, Dr. Jones, and breaks right into Got Me Wrong. Oh, that is my favorite yep. transition of all time. Exactly, like the one band they could afford to get. Yeah. I actually do love the Clerk soundtrack. It's, it's totally... doesn't seem like it'd be my thing, but like, like Chewbacca... Is fantastic, and um, oh dang. Um, well, there's Berserker. <laughs> My love no. for you is like a clock berserker. You <laughs> make some suck in making fuck berserker. Did he say no, making song- fuck? Come on, man, Berserker. Is he singing English or Russian? In English. Come on, Berserker. Girls think sexy. I'll watch what he's gonna sing and watch it's too funny. My love for you is like a truck bell sucker. Would you like some making fuck bell sucker? <laughs> That's fucking funny, man. Did he say making fuck? <laughs> the, the song that they play while they're playing hockey on the roof. Oh. Yeah, Good lord, now you're gonna make me look this up. It, um, it's not. I. I I keep wanting to say Spinal Tap, but I know it's not Spinal Tap. It's not Spinal Tap. No. Uh, well, you know, there's also Chewbacca. Yeah, I mentioned that one, yeah. Yeah, all right, let's Chewbacca. see. Uh, Kill the Sex Player, Panic and Cicero. 
No. Shooting star. Leaders and followers. Oh, this is a playlist. All right. Uh, all right, clerks. Got me wrong. Chewbacca, Panic, and Cicero, shooting star. It says, Violent. It says uh, uh, smack. Smells love, love among freaks. Okay. Is my yeah, internet not showing up on the? Okay, without, so I'm just looking without, on without actually on, without actually clipping into any of the YouTube clip clips. Yeah. All right, now now I've got to pull it up here. Okay. Where's the soundtrack? But it's just it's so great because other than like the Soul Asylum song and the Alice in Chains song, everything else on it is so that's, lo-fi. That's it. The Soul oh, the yeah. Soul Asylum song. Oh, it is. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um. Where can't is, even tell. Uh, can't even tell. Okay. I love that song. Yeah, Kevin Smith had a thing for Soul, uh, Soul Asylum for years. They showed up in a lot of his um, his soundtracks. Uh, we've got the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. Now, that sounds kind of silly, but my God, what a great... I mean, there's a lot of great music on that soundtrack. I, I originally, I think I bought this specifically to get New Age Girl, and I bought it from the Columbia Record Club. Oh, oh, you did not. Aren't you fancy? You? Oh, I was in the Columbia Record Club. I did oh, I mean, we all were. We all were, yeah, we, so, we all were. I mean, we all were. Yeah, I think I owe BMG a kidney. But, um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, seriously. I trying, I mean, to, look, trying to tap yeah. out, and they're like, no, 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 no. We're not going to charge you monthly anymore. We'll only charge you for what you buy. We swear. Yeah, there's some good stuff. I mean, Ballad of Peter Pumpkinhead, which is the the XTC cover. This done by Crash Test Dummies. Uh, if you don't love me, I kill myself. Uh, Where I find my heaven by Gigolo Ants is a really good song. Oh my god, Green Jelly had a second song, the Bear song. <laughs> uh, you sexy thing by Delight. Get ready by the Proclaimers. There's a lot of good stuff on that soundtrack. Um, what else do we have here? We have, oh, we've got the Lion King. Oh yeah, can't you feel the air? Can't you feel the love in the air tonight, there, uh, Andy? I I can, Mike. Can you feel the love tonight? Yes, I can. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> uh, but not just just not not just for the songs, but uh, Hans Zimmer's score for that one is just unbelievably great. Great. Right. And this is back when they when Disney used to release everything as one. So you yeah, get the yeah. score and the songs at the same time. Yep. Another one. All right, so this is one I remember having a lot of fond memories for. I haven't gone back to listen to it in ages. I'm sure it sucks now. It's the Natural Born Killers soundtrack. Because my opinion of Oliver Stone has just turned to absolute rotting garbage in the last 15, 20 years. But so, I remember so the soundtrack a... being interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the soundtrack is very interesting. I did own this one, and then I, I like made my own mixtapes and stuff, and I cut out the bit where it's like, that's the worst fucking head I've ever had in my fucking life. Next time to be so fucking eager. And then I cut in with Kermit going, don't worry, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I turned it into my ringtone. Nope. Nope, this was this was a mixtape that I made combining a bunch of crap, and I was like, I like this, I like this mixing sound bites thing together, and I like, uh, you know, and I think I'm gonna get weird, and I like at, around the same time I bought like the uh, the Muppet Beach Party album. You're making audio memes before it was cool. 
Yep. Yeah, it was. Way to go. Way to go. All right, we've got one more soundtrack to go through here. This was standard issue for every boomer I know. The Forrest Gump soundtrack. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God. I am still I will... proud that I have never seen this movie. Oh, good wow. You. We are going to... Uh, I, I will let my, my true thoughts be known come the movies of 94. Uh, I'll, I'll say it now. That's like two and a half hours. I can't get back. Let's just say I will be sighing heavily and wearily. Be a lot of eye rolling. Throughout the... Con- <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. letting you guys know now proactively that I'm not having an asthma attack. That's really all I'm <laughs> going with here. So, oh, good well, lord. All right, well. We have yeah. an asthma attack and we won't know the difference. I will text you. Okay. So, you'll know I'll have an asthma attack when you hear on Mike's side go, I see you. And then. Uh, I've got my phone muted now. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. Great. Once was enough. <laughs> So anyway, folks, that is the singles and the soundtracks of 1994. So we're going to flip the uh, record over, and we will have the uh, the second part of our discussion. It will be released in roughly about a week to ten days from um, the time you're listening to this now. Uh, I want to thank everybody who uh, contributed to this via social media. Um, also, Joe, thank you so much for – Letting us know as well of your uh, your your favorite hip hop hits and folks, thank you so much for your patience as you waited for us to get a new episode out. I know the wait has been long and arduous, but now I take a break from theater so we can put out more episodes. So, with that said, folks, uh, you can check out our past archive wherever you get your podcast. So, um, Spotify iTunes, Google Podcasts up until April 2nd, which case then you got to go over to, uh, to YouTube Podcasts. Yeah. I still don't know. I still don't know how I feel about that. Um, I am literally waiting until that day to switch over. I'm still on Google Podcasts right now for all my podcast sitting needs. Yeah. Um, so much easier to use. So much easier. I love their interface. I hate that I have to change it. Uh, but you can check us out wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we also... Host a YouTube channel, uh, Geek Salad Podcast, where Mike and I do weekly retro movie reviews currently and probably when you listen to this episode. We will still be talking about our look back at some of our favorite Best Picture winners of decades past. So that'll that's going to be a fun conversation. We've already done one. We uh, As of this recording, there are more to come as well, which will be fun. And if you like what you hear and you want to get to know us better, you can follow us on the socials. We're at Facebook at Geek Salad Podcast. And at Geek Salad Radio on Twitter, on Blue Sky, and on Threads. I gotta get better at using Blue Sky. I swear to God, I apologize. Um, I think that's everything. So anyway, folks, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth, be nerdful. Flip that record over, and we will talk to you in about a week. Take care.
welcome 21st digital bo- 20 ah fuck we're do that again <laughs> yeah. fuck it we're doing it live <laughs> welcome 21st digital uh, god damn it <laughs>